I remember one day I was talking to a Catholic that actually came up to me and I was doing what Jehovah's Witnesses call preaching. We understand now, according to the way the Bible describes it, it's not preaching. It's, it's a method of sales. But I was out there, quote-unquote, preaching, and a Catholic man stops me, and he asks me a question. He says, well, what is it that you're doing? I say, well, I'm, I'm quote-unquote, preaching. This is what I'm doing. And this is a guy that caught me on the street. This wasn't house to house. This was on the street. And he seemed like a very sincere person. I can honestly say that. He seemed very sincere. And he wanted to know the purpose behind my work. And he wanted to know the theme behind my work. And I remember him asking why exactly I was doing what I was doing as a young person. And I said, well... I'm not the only one. There's many people like me, and we talk about the Bible because it's, it's what's, uh, because it's what's in our heart. Well, he was complacent with that answer, but right before he left, right before we concluded our conversation, he said that um, he wished that more Catholics would do the work that I was doing. He said that in the Catholic Church, you don't find that kind of commitment. Now, this was his personal opinion. He seemed like a very devout Catholic, and there's honestly no reason why I should doubt what he said. But he did say that. He said he wished that more Catholics were as devout as the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, I thought, wow, pat on the back, (laughs) you know? Uh, I guess we're the good guys. I've thought a lot about what he said because it, he's, it's not the only time I ever heard that while I was doing work for the Jehovah's Witnesses. I heard that many times. And people would allude to the fact that I was young and I was dedicated to the Bible. Pat on the back. People would allude to the fact that he's a young, committed man that could be doing other things, have girlfriends, <laughs> live a normal life. But he's out here preaching the Lord's good word. Pat on the back. And this is how I would take these comments. And this is how I took this comment from this Catholic person. He said, I wish more people in the Catholic Church were as committed as the Jehovah's Witnesses are. Pat on the back. Pat on the back for me. Uh, I felt like I was doing a good thing. And I felt like that was showing. And the fact that this Catholic person was acknowledging that, showed that I was more correct than he was. So the years passed, and every single time someone would say that, I'd always wonder, how do I justify what I was doing? What is it about the Bible that, that commits me to do the work that I'm doing? And every time they would say something like that, I would always think in my mind, Well, I'm just doing what the Bible says. I'm not doing anything special. This work has been done for millennium. This is what I would think. And I would always go back to one verse in the Bible that was my passport to doing what I was doing. 
This is what excused the work that I was doing. And that was Acts 2020. In Acts 2020, Paul explains that he was teaching from house to house. That's what it says. In some different words in other Bibles, but for the most part, that's what you'll find. Paul's words saying that he was teaching from house to house. And that would validate the work that I was doing. That was why I was so committed. Because Acts 20.20 says that Paul was teaching from house to house. So I was following in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. This is what I thought. As the years went by, you start to understand the context of the Bible. And as you familiarize yourself more with the context, you realize that some things, many things that the Jehovah's Witnesses do are always out of context. And unless we familiarize ourselves with what the Bible says, it's very easy to get wrapped around and lost in the world of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Because the Jehovah's Witnesses rely heavily on the Bible, but they rely heavily on the Bible with verses that are always out of context. See, the verses do say the words, but the words don't mean what you believe they mean, right? Because the context changes everything. The context always completes the picture. And in the Jehovah's Witness religion, that is something that they are notorious they are notorious for doing that. They read the Bible to their members, but they read the Bible out of the context. Or, what's even worse, they give the Bible their own outlook, right? They, they give it their, their own twist, their own personal twist, their own personal flavor. So, you don't realize that this is happening because, for the most part, most Jehovah's Witnesses, and I can attest to this, for the most part, most Jehovah's Witnesses do not read the Bible. They're not committed as students of the Bible. What they are is committed as students of a magazine called The Watchtower. And this Watchtower formulates their frame of thought, formulates their ideas, and formulates their conclusions. So, Without the Watchtower, as a Jehovah's Witness, without the Watchtower magazine, there's absolutely nothing you can know about the Bible. Because you can't run with the Bible as something that you study on your own. You can't teach the Bible to other people as something that you commit personal time to reading and objectively reading topics and coming up with conclusions and coming up with explanations to the Bible on your own. You can't do this. This isn't about reading the Bible, gathering your thoughts, formulating conclusions, and showing these conclusions and thoughts to other people. No, you have to allow the Watchtower magazine to do that. And more precisely, you have to allow the Watchtower organization to do that. So this is, this is why every time someone would tell me, either preaching informally or preaching, quote-unquote, preaching house-to-house, someone would say, you're doing such a great job, young man. I wish more people would do what you're doing. I would just pat myself on the back and say, well, 
X 2020 validates what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything special. That explains why I've come to knock on your door. That explains it. Why I go door to door. Because I'm doing exactly what the Bible says. Out of context. Out of context. So we come up with the question then, you know, and if you are a person that's currently inside the Jehovah's Witness religion, I challenge you. I challenge you to look at the Bible in context and to read the verses we're about to analyze. And you make your own conclusion. You formulate your own conclusion. Should I actually be preaching door to door? And if Acts 2020 is your license to do it, well, you're in for a treat. Because now we have an opportunity to look at the context and to look at other verses that will complete the picture of what it means to actually preach as a Christian. You know, first question, should Christians be preaching? I think we could all go to Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, and we could see that it's a mandate. Apparently, it's a, very, it's a very good suggestion from Jesus Christ himself, where he says, yep, pretty much. He says, yep, yep, uh, you need to do that. And don't worry if you feel like you can't do it. You're going to get some help. There's going to be a little helper I like to call the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you. Matthew 28, 19. Okay. So apparently Jesus favors this so-called preaching thing. He says, you need to preach. Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. So apparently Jesus Christ favors this preaching thing. If you call yourself a Christian and you say, well, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in God, I am a Christian, you know, Catholics call themselves Christians again, but they call themselves Catholics, but yeah, that's another, that's another podcast. So you consider yourself a Christian. Good, good, good for you. Consider yourself a Christian. But th- there is... There is mandates tied to being a Christian. It's not just, you can't just call yourself something but not practice certain behavior. So accompanied with being a Christian is a commandment that Jesus said, go, therefore, make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So yes, being a Christian means, in part, preaching. Right? Preaching is part of being a Christian. And it's something that comes natural to every Christian. A real Christian cannot but help talk about his faith. He, he can't but help it. Because there's all kinds of opportunities that arise in his daily life. And there's people with grotesque immoral behavior. The Christian would have an input and say, well, I don't practice that. <laughs> you know? Or... It's similar to what a non-Christian would do. A non-Christian always has an input about certain class of behavior. A non-Christian also, when invited, for example, to carry on some sort of Christian behavior, he says, well, I don't care about that. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. This means nothing to me. 
the Bible is man-made. I don't care. That is a form of preaching. He is preaching his message, and his message is, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, a Christian does the same thing. He can't but help himself, but always have an input about the things he truly cares about. And one of the things a Christian truly cares about is the ways of Jesus Christ. So in the ways of Jesus Christ, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus Christ establishes that, yes, we have to make disciples. That is part of what a real Christian is. A real Christian will preach the message of Jesus Christ, right? It's, it's not very difficult to understand that and decipher it from Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, Right? This isn't an impart this isn't a partial act. This is a very impartial act. This is for all kinds of people, races. This is for everyone. So yes, pre- preaching is a Christian thing. The the problem comes once we have to define what preaching is. If you are a Jehovah's Witness, if you are a Mormon person. Preaching to you means, for example, a Mormon getting on a bike, going door to door, knocking on doors. This is preaching to them. This is what Jesus meant by go, by Matthew 28, 19, go therefore make disciples of all nations. To them, it's get on a bike, go knock door to door. The Jehovah's Witnesses take a very similar, a very similar definition of this except they don't get on the bike they can get on the bike but the bike isn't it's not a mandate but they can they can you know it's what i, I mean it's, it's good it's good it's good it's good but i mean you could too you could too but there's other ways and the way that they prefer to do it is going just door to door so they walk door to door and the reason they see that fit is because of Acts 2020. Acts 2020 says that I did go home to home, that I did go house to house. Right off the bat, Google shows you the NIV translation where Acts 2020 explains that Paul, and this is word for word, taught you publicly and from house to house. Well, there it is. Someone would say that's the gambit. That's the moneymaker, right? Acts 20.20 says Paul was going house to house. Who better than the Apostle Paul? Who better than, according to Catholics, Mr. Saint himself, Paul the Apostle? Who better than to follow than him? Well, Jesus Christ. But he followed Jesus Christ. So that's as close as we get. So we should follow what Paul says. Yes. If we do that out of context, we'll put some context onto it in a bit. So let's go to another question. Now that we know that preaching is something that you're supposed to be doing as a Christian, now let's ask, what is preaching? What is preaching? Because if you're a Jehovah's Witness, you would say, well, that's easy. Preaching is going house to house. Look at Acts 20.20. And now let's dig into Acts 20.20 and see what it really means. A Jehovah's Witness could open up his Bible and say, let me read you Acts 20.20. And now I'm going to read this straight from their Bible. Their Bible, Acts 20.20, 
can really confuse some people or can really get you to believe their ways. And it's because of the way their Bibles are formulated. It's the way they're translated. Acts 20.20 in their Bible says, I did not hold back from telling you any of the things that were profitable, nor from teaching you publicly and from house to house. Well, there it is. A person that knows absolutely nothing about the Bible would never know how to place verses into context. One suggestion to placing verses into context, and I would advise this for anyone that reads the Bible, is at least, at least read the chapter. Don't just go by the verse. If you go by the verse, this is what's happened throughout the millennia. If you if you go by the verse, you can easily misinform your public. You know, it's like reading any book. If you start in the middle of any book and you don't have the context of the book, it's very difficult at times to know who the antagonist is, who the protagonist is, because you start reading the book during the climax when, when maybe the protagonist has, has a change of heart and is now turned into the antagonist or vice versa. The antagonist is now the protagonist. And you might, if, if that's all you read, a certain section of the book, the climax, or maybe after the climax, near the conclusion, you might formulate the idea that the, who, whatever character you're reading was always the protagonist, was always the antagonist. That's when you're reading things out of context. And this is what happens. The very same thing happens with the Bible. You need to read the Bible in its context. And in its context, what helps oftentimes, if not most of the time, is to read the chapter. It's not going to help you all the time because there's additional context that needs to be coupled with chapters and that you gather from other points of views. Take into example the, the Gospels. The Gospels. And Jesus' resurrection is one of them which is for another podcast, but we, we have to couple this with other verses of the Bible, and not just that, but complete context of other chapters. So fortunate for us, Acts 2020 is one of the very easier ways to gather the context, so we don't have to go very far. In order to get the context of Acts 2020, we can gather it from Acts 2017, which is just a few verses behind the verse that Jehovah's Witnesses love love to cite. In verse 17, 2017, Paul says that he met with the elders of the church. He says he calls for them, the elders of the church in Ephesus. If he called just for the elders, that's what Acts 2017 says, he calls to speak with just the elders. We're gathering the context of Acts 2020 now. When he says that I taught you from house to house, he's not talking to the general public. He's not talking to strangers. He's not talking to people that he's never met in his life, which is the custom of people like Jehovah's Witnesses and like the Latter-day Saints. This isn't who Paul is talking to. He's not talking to strangers. He's talking to people that he called for, people that already call themselves Christians and form part of a church in Ephesus that considers Christian ways. Paul is meeting with the elders, right? These head of the communities, 
these older men, and he's talking to them about teaching them publicly. He says, I taught you publicly, and I taught you from your house to your house to your house and that guy's house. I went to each and every one of your homes. I did not refrain from teaching you things that were beneficial for you. Acts 20.20. So now we have the context. A Jehovah's Witnesses says, this is my license to preach, Acts 20.20. It is not. Because Acts 20.20, in its context, means that Paul was the one that was preaching to just a certain particular group. And that group was elders. And here's another kicker. Here's another little doozy that we get out of Acts 20.20. We start to formulate what preaching really is. Preaching is the sharing of the good news. It is imparting the good news. But look at the people who he imparts it to. Look at who he shares it to. He shares it with people that he knows. And this is considered preaching. Yes, preaching is done to strangers. Right? Otherwise, how would you ever have disciples? The good news is for all kinds of people, including people that have never heard about Jesus Christ or the God Almighty. Yes, that is what preaching is for. But the way Paul describes teaching slash preaching in Acts 20.20, we understand that preaching is basically talking about God. Yes, amongst people that already believe in God. Yes, that is preaching. That is part of what preaching is. It is the imparting of the good news. Now, in this case, these people did know the ways of Jesus Christ, but Paul was capitalizing on what it really means to be a Christian now, a, slash, a Jewish slash Christian now, that Jesus Christ has ascended into heaven. So he's teaching them these new ways, right? They were all versed in the law. They all knew about Moses, but the ways of Jesus Christ was something that he needed to perfect in their minds. Just look at the topic that Paul uh, touched with them with this church in Ephesus, these elders, and he says in verse 20, 21, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God and repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, this is what I talk to you guys about. This is what I talk to, to Jewish people about, Greek people about. I'm telling everyone that you must turn to God. You must have faith in Jesus Christ. This is the, These were the hot topics that he was selecting to teach these elders in Ephesus, amongst other things that we know, but this is what's recorded. So now that we have the context of Acts 20.20, that Acts 20.20, where it says that you preach house to house, that's not, that's not describing modern day people in 21st century. This isn't what it's describing. It's describing that he called upon, verse 17, the elders. And to the elders, he said, I went from each of your houses, to one house, to the other house. To the other. I went to each of your houses. This is what that means. So if a Jehovah's Witnesses tries to cite this verse, uh, a Mormon tries to cite this verse and say, this is my license. See, I'm doing exactly what the first Christians did, what a real follower of Jesus does. That's funny. Paul is a real follower of Jesus, but this is taken out of context if that's what they're reading. This isn't a verse for them. For modern day preaching, it's, it's not what that describes. Because if it were, 
then you would have to do exactly what the verse says, which is you would have to go to the elders' homes, to your elders' homes. And yes, Mormons have elders. You would have to go to your elders' homes and talk to them about Jesus. And then you would be doing exactly what Acts 20.20 says, house to house. There is another verse to back up Acts 20.20 that fundamentalists like to cite, and that's uh, Acts 5.42 and Acts 2.46. In Acts 5.42, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So it says that in the temple they preached, and in every house they, pe- they preached. They ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Who is this talking to about Acts 5.42? The context of Acts 5 is Peter and the apostles are going around preaching. They're going around teaching the ways of Jesus Christ. They get in a little trouble by the Sanhedrin, or Sanhedrin, as some might call it. The Sanhedrin is basically the governing body of the Jewish people at the time. And it's a group of people, about 70 guys, that basically decide your fate if you're preaching in their communities or teaching something that's not, or they decide the fate of Jewish people. So Peter gets in a little trouble. He goes before the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court of the Jewish people, and their little Supreme Court says, you stop this now. You stop this whole teaching of Jesus thing. And here comes the famous words of Peter where he says, we must obey God rather than human beings. And then he goes on to say, you guys killed Jesus Christ. You know, shame on you. They get beat up pretty bad, but they get released by some favor from one of the Pharisees, and they're on their way. And on their way, at the end of Acts chapter 5, it says, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching. Right? Again, and from house to house, they never stop teaching. So again, you might say, well, Acts 5.42 defends Jehovah's Witnesses. It defends people like the Mormons that go house to house. It says there that you're supposed to go house to house. Again, out of context. Yes, out of context, that's what it says. But in its context, we all know that the first Christians, if, and this is what uh, fundamentalists argue, that they're doing the things that the first Christians did exactly the way they did it. Well, exactly the way they did it, we know now that the first Christians would gather in their homes to worship. And the worship was a, a, a family way of gathering. It was not 100 people in this house. I mean, let's think about this. Jewish people in their homes at that time, how big could the home possibly been? How big could these homes possibly been? Not very big. We're not talking a gathering of 30, 40, 50 people, 100 people. We're talking about small gatherings, maybe 15. You're lucky if there's 20. I mean, this is small gatherings. Maybe for the most part, some people from the neighborhood and and mostly family members in their homes, you know, because they didn't have organized religion the way organized religion is today. There was no such thing. So if you're a fundamentalist or if you're a person that says we did it exactly the way the first Christians do it, well, that's far from the way the first Christians did it. And we have Acts 2.46 to back this up. Let's look at Acts 2.46 in the New American Bible. In the New American Bible, where it says, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. Why don't 
fundamentally meet in the temple. You can't just grab a verse and take what you like out of it, but discard what you don't like. New American Bible. Acts 2.46, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and to breaking bread in their homes. They ate their meals with exaltation and sincerity of heart. Acts 2.46 clearly shows this. And if we want to see a detailed view of how it happened, maybe how it was supposed to happen but didn't happen, better yet said, we look at the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And there it describes exactly what they should have been doing because the Corinthians were a little uncalibrated. It says, Paul explains what they should have been doing when they were gathering together. So, and he considers this a form of preaching. You know, enjoying the Lord's Supper is is a form of preaching. They were, whoever was together teaching, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God has placed in the church apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, guidance, different kinds of tongues. This is all members that are part of the church. You know, the, 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 these people all had these abilities. So preaching was going on inside those, those occasions. So to, get, to gather some further context of what we already mentioned, Acts 5.42, we go to Acts 2.46, where it says, in the homes, what was happening? They were breaking bread. They were partaking of food. They were happy. They were rejoicing. Simplicity of heart. This is what happens house to house. This is what, in part, is a product of preaching. And the preaching that Jehovah's Witnesses do today, I'm sorry to say, is far from this. They go and knock on doors of people that aren't expecting them. They go and knock on doors of people that, for the most part, don't want them there. And even though they do do informal preaching, which is something that the Bible explains. Look at John 1, 46, the case of Philip. Philip preaches to his family member. He preaches informally. He shares what he knows. The guy wasn't baptized at the moment, but he shares and he gives what he knows. This is what preaching is. You, know, you, you teach to whoever comes your way, whatever you can, whenever you can, however you can. This isn't a systematic approach. That's not the way the Bible explains it. The way Mormons do it today, it's a systematic approach. You only do it uh, traveling in your bike and going house to house. The way Jehovah's Witnesses do it, you go house to house. This is what preaching is. Or you stand behind a cart and you offer magazines, a systematic approach to preaching. This isn't what preaching is. This isn't the way preaching is done. And I will defend the Jehovah's Witnesses in this, that they do do a form of informal preaching. For example, they'll teach their uh, some family members or they'll teach um, co-workers. And this is actually something that the Bible describes. But the problem is they don't just hold to that. If anything, that is what they give the least value to. And they give that the least value because it brings in the least amount of sales. But oddly enough, <laughs> oddly enough, most of those witnesses that do enter are family members. They're either born in the family or other family members that they talk to. It's not new converts. It's not from going house to house to strangers. If we're going to apply further context to the words of Jesus Christ that you need to go and, and share the gospel from nations to nations to all sorts of people, then let's do that. But let's do that by taking a look at Luke 10, 5 to 7. Because if there's anything that 
Jesus did say about this uh, whole method of going house to house, it's that he said, don't do it. It's that he clearly says, that's something you're not going to want to do. Don't do it. Luke 10, 5 to 7 says, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. Right? These were instructions that he gave to his disciples of how to preach. And what does he say at the end of Luke 10, 7? At the end of the verse, it says, do not move around from house to house. This is a method that he did not, he does not support. If anything, there are suggestions against it. And that's what the Bible says. Let's look at the Jehovah's Witness Bible and see these words from their Bible in Luke 10, 7. In Luke 10, 7, so stay in that house, eating and drinking the things they provide, for the worker is worthy of his wages. Do not keep transferring from house to house. I like how they put the word transferring, you know, as if that's somehow going to hide, going to hide the fact that Jesus says, do not go from house to house. Jesus clearly states that this going door to door, this knocking door to door, is not the way of preaching. This is not preaching. This is sales. And if you're truly committed to it, you could get some fruit out of that sale, out of sales. This is, if anything, a 19th century or maybe 20th century, turn of the century form of sales. But this isn't what Jesus described. So no, in conclusion, no, door-to-door knocking is not biblical. I know... When people would tell me when I used to do it, when I came across that one Catholic man and he commended me for doing it, in my mind, I thought I was doing a good thing. And I thought I was doing a good thing because I didn't know the Bible in context. I knew verses of the Bible. I knew many verses of the Bible, but I didn't know it in context. I didn't know what they meant. I just knew what those words meant at the moment that I saw them. But I didn't know what the whole picture was. And the whole picture is that. You know, these verses that we cite when the Jehovah's Witnesses cites Acts 2020, well, you could introduce them to Acts 2017, where it will complete the picture, where it says, well, those words aren't meant for you. It doesn't say that you're supposed to go house to house. It says that he went to the houses, Paul went to the houses of the elders. Right? You're taking them out of context. And someone says, well, I could do it too. No, because he was going not to strangers. He was going to people that were expecting him. He wasn't going to complete strangers. Nowadays, you know, Jehovah's Witness sales are done to complete strangers. That's not the method of preaching that the Bible describes. And Acts 20.20 is not describing going door to door to complete strangers. And if we found out anything today, anything at all, If we take anything from all this (laughs) mumbo-jumbo, it's Luke 10, 5 to 7. Do not go from house to house. Clear instructions from Jesus Christ. You heard it from the horse's mouth. What else do we want? In post-conclusion, right, we ask the question then, 
is going door to door bad? Not necessarily, but it is incorrect when you're saying that that's a mandate. That is a Christian method. That is that is something that Jesus mandated, and that is a staple of first Christians. Yes, then it becomes wrong. Like what the Jehovah's Witnesses attest to. They say that this is a Christian method. It's not a Christian method. It's not. But fundamentalists like to hold to the fact that they do exactly what the first Christians do. And that's impossible. You don't live in the first century. So it's impossible the way to do it the way they did it. It's not going to happen. Fundamentalists need to understand that they will never be real fundamentalists. And if that's what they're holding to, well, it'll never happen. And to a further degree, it won't happen because they like to twist the Bible. They like to hold to doctrines that are not biblical, like this door-to-door knocking. This is not biblical. Or the uh, Trinity doctrine. It is, it is not a biblical teaching. But if we, you know, maneuver and we formulate crafty ideas from the Bible, then yeah, we could piece it all together and make it say whatever we want it to say. But again... It's not necessarily bad to go house to house. It just becomes bad when you say that that's exactly what the Christians were doing. You know, the Christians in the first century, they didn't have a codex the way we have today. When you share the gospel, when you share what it is to be a Christian, you have a book in your hand. Well, did they they have books in their hands? No, for the most part, no. And if you're going to cite, well, Paul did because he, he... he asked for his books Uh, hold on (laughs) that's another podcast and we'll see that that's not exactly the case being the case we go back to matthew 28 19 preaching is something that's done as a christian sharing the gospel is something that's done if you're a christian or you consider yourself a christian but this idea of going door to door no No, that's just a crafty way of explaining verses in the Bible that don't mean what you think they mean. With that in mind, take a look, read a little if you want, go out there, read some books, (laughs) go, (laughs) read some books, get smart, I'll see you on the next one.